you don't even have to be that smart. You just have to be uh, in emotionally intelligent to manage people. I feel like empathy plays a huge part in this whole equation when it comes to the human being being valuable. So we have unlimited energy and we have robots that can deliver food. I always found it funny that a human being had to be trained for at least 12 years to operate on this planet. But a hundred years ago, you would be crazy to think that a personal trainer would have a job. Hey, it's Ronsley. Welcome, you AI geek, to Amplify AI. Consider this podcast your digital compass for you, the business leader, wanting to use artificial intelligence ethically and in alignment with your brand's identity to achieve your business goals. Leading and running a business in the world of AI is like solving a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. But this podcast and I are here to make that easy. Every episode is a masterclass in unlocking techniques for using AI as a business leader, founder, owner. Thanks for being here. Let's learn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's Ronsley. This is episode number 69 of Amplify AI. My name is Ronsley, and today we're talking bots to billions. It is part two of the two-part series with Dale Beaumont. He is a legend, the author of 19 best-selling books, best known as an award-winning entrepreneur, especially in the technological space. Uh, he's a coach. He does a lot of really cool things. He's got massive team. And he, we talk about the, these case studies about bots that have been created in Australia. We explore the importance of empathy and the value it has. We talk about understanding the significance of adaptability and the role of leadership when it comes to artificial intelligence. And we talk about something really important the job situation and how we're going to change everything in this AI revolution. Come, let us learn. When you spoke about sales earlier, there's a great case study. A couple of months ago, a bot in Australia has sold over $12 million worth of wine, I think about three weeks, and no one knew it was a bot. It was just selling and was taking all these credit cards and sold about $12 million worth of wine. And then they made a case study about it. I feel like empathy plays a huge part in this whole equation when it comes to the human being being valuable. I always found it funny that a human being had to be trained for at least 12 years to operate on this planet. They had to go to school for at least 12 years to understand how this whole planet operated. And will we actually need that anymore? Can we be more human beings as opposed to more human doings? I want to know from you, what are the things that are long lasting? How do we talk to our kids and what skills do we equip them with for what's coming? I think I'll start with a quote. And that is, I think it came from Charles Darwin. It's not the strongest or the fittest that survive, but it's the species that are most adaptable to change. And so the biggest skill is being someone that is open-minded willing to take on new ideas and willing to be flexible in your approach and try new things. Because if you just literally say, this is who I am, this is my knowledge, and I'm not going to do anything else. Like I am a truck driver and I'll never be anything else. And all of a sudden we've now got an uh, AI systems that can drive trucks, you know, better than what humans can. And that can work through the night at like one tenth of the price. I'm sorry, but if you're a truck driver, you're probably not going to be driving trucks in five years time because there's already, you know, cyber trucks from Tesla that can drive 
better than you. Okay. So if you said, I'm not going to be anyone else, you're unemployed for the rest of your life. <laughs> so what you need to be is you need to be flexible. What else is out there? What else can I do? And how can I take, you know, the skills that I have and repackage them in another way? Now, what are those skills? Well, like being adaptable, being creative to come up with solutions, but probably the biggest one is really like leadership because anyone, every time there is a change, there's always the leaders and the followers are just sitting there waiting to be told what to do. And there's always going to be a job for leaders saying, okay, well, I think this is the issue over here and this is the outcome that we want. So let's all group together and let's create this kind of outcome. So it, there's always a job for leaders. And I used to say there's always a job for people that can sell, but I don't know if I believe that anymore because <laughs> you know there's like AI salespeople that are maybe going to be selling better than you in the future. But certainly there's always going to be for the foreseeable future anyway, until there's a, you know, an AI nuclear bomb that's going to take us all out there's hopefully always going to be humans on this planet. And while there's humans, there's always need, we always need leaders because there's always going to be people that are looking for, you know, a, an example, looking for direction. And if you're a leader and you can, and you don't even have to be that smart. You just have to be uh, in, emotionally intelligent to manage people. The emotional intelligence piece is so important. Let's talk about the jobs because you mentioned that in, in your conversation. And I think that's something that we should cover because it'll be an open loop jobs lost versus jobs created right i mean we know when industrial revolution happened we were all scared of losing jobs but it created more jobs than people lost but they were different jobs same thing happened with the information revolution you know 2000 i remember everyone losing their minds over y2k and, uh, you know, the information revolution happened. Everyone thought they were going to lose their jobs and it created way more jobs than, than people lost. How do you, what are your thoughts on the jobs and the job situation and creation? I mean, you touched on some of the things about adaptability. Is there anything else you want to add to that job conversation? So it sort of depends on the time frame that you're looking at this to answer that question. And also it depends on how optimistic that you want to be from best case scenario to worst case scenario, right? So let's look at both perspectives and then look, let, let's look at kind of like, you know, timeframes as well. So let's just say in the next 50 years, we could be in one of two places. So the best case scenario is, and what Elon Musk is talking about, he's talking about the good and the bad, is will be an age of abundance. And that will mean that that machines can actually can make it will make us all wealthy to the point that no human, unless they want to, wants to work because uh, machines can do your job uh, far better than what you can and can produce products and services for cents. And we have then, we use AI to solve our energy problems. So, you know, fusion uh, energy, so we have unlimited energy and we have robots that can deliver food, you know, to us as well, make food for cents, deliver the food for cents as well, because we had unlimited power, can do all the mining, everything, right? So we have an age of abundance, which sounds great. And then we'll have to think about, well, what are we going to do when we don't need to work? Are we going to, you know, participate in art or, you know, music or what are we going to do to keep ourselves? And there's in that, it sounds super positive, but there's also a negative. And that is what about if people lose their sense of purpose, because, you know, there's only so much that you can play sports for and play the piano or whatever until you start getting bored and you need a sense of purpose. And will humans be able to survive as a species without that? And will that send people into more of a depression or mental health? We don't know. 
Worst case scenario with regards to AI is that machines see us as like a, a threat that needs to be eliminated and they find one of a thousand ways to wipe us out completely. That's the worst case scenario of where we'll be in 50 years time. Logic would sort of say we're going to be somewhere in the middle and there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. But like most other technology revolutions in the past, if we go by the past and we, we have to have some, even though this is, we're writing history right now and this is different, but if we can look at history as a bit of an example, most technology changes had good and they had bad, but mostly good. Okay. So social media is one of the most recent ones. Could we say social media has been bad? Absolutely. Have people been divorced and had all these problems and has there been, you know, suicide because of social media? Absolutely. But overall being able to, people have found their maternal fathers and mothers that they would never been able to find because they found them on Facebook and families have been reunited on the other side of the world. There's, I could list a thousand amazing things that have happened from social media and there's some negative things. Same thing with the industrial revolution, same thing with every other thing before in the past. Overall, our lives have gotten better. There is more good than there is bad. So that's what I'm hoping will happen when we have an age of abundance with regards to food, we, we, we're able to solve like cancer and all those things so we can technically live forever. That's a whole other story as well. That's the kind of good. And we've always spoken about the bad. We'll probably be somewhere in the middle. In terms of what that's going to mean in the shorter term, it's basically going to mean that along the way to get to that particular path, there is going to be huge upheaval and huge turmoil. And there'll be people whose businesses are going to grow really fast. And there's businesses <laughs> that are going to sink really fast as well. And and so, you know, you're going to have to be flexible with the fact that your industry or your business could be one of the ones that is going to go south. And so you need to go, what am I going to do? I've got to go, okay, well, I don't want to stay at the, you know, the bottom forever and I can't quit and give up and go into an early grave. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a new skill and something that I'm passionate about and find a trend that is on the rise and jump onto that and use my skills to retrain. There will be new jobs that are going to be created. We just can't see them all yet. For example, if you were to go back 100 years, and so I was to see my great-great-grandfather, and we're talking about jobs. We're talking about the Industrial Revolution. And I say, in the future, great-great-granddad, there's going to be a job where someone is going to stand next to you and tell you to pick up heavy things and to curl your arm like this. He'd be totally lost. And I'd have to convince him to say, actually, in the future, people will be lazy and they won't want to move their bodies. So you need another human to tell another human to pick up things and move their body. We call that a personal trainer. And right now, nobody will kind of like object to a personal trainer. It's a completely legitimate profession and it's needed. And I have a personal trainer as well. But a hundred years ago, you would be crazy to think that a personal trainer would have a job, right? Telling someone to pick up weights and move their arms and legs. They don't even have to be in the same room. Now you could set up a computer and have a thing called Zoom and someone on the other side of the world will tell a person on the other side of the world to pick up those heavy objects and move their arms and legs. How many people attended an online yoga class during COVID? Millions and millions of people. Now, so we now have a whole industry that's hundreds of millions of dollars for online personal trainers, people selling lesson plans and meal programs, and they never even see their clients. Their clients are on the other side of the world. So these type of jobs will be created that we can't even see yet. If you are on the negative side, you just, all you're going to do is be depressed. So I choose to be on the positive side and just choose that this is a journey. This is the most exciting time to be alive with what is happening right now with regards to AI. And boy, am I grateful that I'm here to see the greatest 
transformation in the history of the world and we have no idea where it's going to go it's like a movie and it could end up in a million places and we're part of history i think that's really exciting and and i'm just gonna enjoy it and have fun along the way extremely exciting i want to land this plane dale and i really really want to talk about yesterday's open ai's announcement and what you got out of it and what you're excited about Whenever I used to talk about technology in 2015, like I used to show people some of the early like things of putting in text and then clicking a button and it actually text to speech, the text will turn into a, a voice. Right. And at the time I always used to say, oh yeah, but it sounds like a robot. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It sounds like a robot now, but you don't understand compounding. Right. And I would say to people and no one believed me one day talking to a computer will be indistinguishable from talking to a human. You will not be able to tell the difference. And people would say, oh, no, I can't. Honestly, now, sometimes I watch videos on YouTube and after 30 seconds, I realize that's actually not even a human voice. Like it's really hard to predict. And probably in another six months time, it'll be impossible um, to uh, predict. That's just human voice, for example. And so what is happening now is what we predicted. Basically, the easiest way to summarize it is what these latest releases are from ChatGPT is the fact that let's look at the modalities of text. You'll be able to converse, chat with a computer in the same way that you chat to the human, only it's the smartest person that you've ever spoken to in your life. Think of Stephen Hawking's times 100. That's who you're going to be talking to now and into the future, super smart person. And soon it will be smarter than all of humanity put together. And that's another story. But then also it'll sound like a normal person with the ums and the ahs and all my flaws and my tonality and all of the stuff ups in my voice. They're actually now in there as well. Like and and it, it adds to the conversation. It creates more emotion. And then sooner or later, we're not there yet, but one of the next probably releases of ChatGPT will be, let's just turn on a camera. And not only can we like hear you with your voice, but now we can see the tonality. We can know your mood, whether you're angry, whether you're about to cry, whether your voice is trembling. And they will adapt their responses based on not the words that I'm saying, but actually how I'm communicating and the emotions behind the actual words. And then you've got the facial expressions that you were talking about before with the conference that you just attended. So all of this is kind of like coming. And when we look at what's happened in the last just six months, you know, we used to say, oh, one day, you know, but that one day is now becoming like, you know, one day next week, one day next month, one day in six months time, all of these things are, are happening. And it's very, very exciting, a little bit uh, scary, but mostly exciting. <laughs> Well, Dale, I'm thank you for making the time and to do this. I'm very excited. I was very excited to do this. I'm very happy that we got a chance to have this conversation. I thought it would be a lot shorter, but it went for a lot longer because it was so much of value. Uh, this was a little slice of heaven. Thank you so much for everything you do, for the amount of entrepreneurs you've created, for the work you've done, for the tenacity and the authenticity to keep doing the work that you do. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ronzi. It's been a pleasure and I hope everyone got some value from this interview. Thanks again. Hey, AI Geek. Thanks for listening. Your job doesn't stop here. I want you to lend your voice to the conversation. So you can join those conversations, discussions, new trainings, new recordings, and the rest of the AI Geeks by going to aigeeks.co. Also, share this podcast with a friend, another potential AI geek. Until then, much love.